Welcome to the Soul Stories podcast series with Michelle Ann, where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories. Grab a cuppa and join me in a heart-filling journey of self-discovery, where my guests will share how they overcame adversity, embraced their spirituality, and allowed their true light to shine. Looking for inspiration, guidance, and tips to find your true passion and purpose? You are definitely in the right spot. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Soul Stories podcast. I am your host, Michelle Ann, and today we are bringing you episode 26 with the amazing Isabel Grace, who I can't wait to introduce you to to you guys. We've had a very short relationship, but a really deep one at the same time, which I absolutely love. I love it when I meet someone and within a few minutes we're talking about all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And there's no superficiality at all with Isabel, which I absolutely love. So before we started this podcast, I said to her, what do you want me to introduce you as? Because she does so many different amazing things in her life. Um, and we came up with the title, but we both agreed it did ha- it had it didn't touch the surface, basically, on what she has to offer the world. So her official title is Isabel Grace or Isabel, you're, you're, that's your, you're, I see you've trademarked that. I need to ask you about that too later on. So Isabel Grace, um, you may know the name from Love Island on season two, which is super exciting. I'm a bit of a reality TV junkie. So when I heard you were from Love Island, I did have a little bit of fangirl things happening. Um, so yeah, Isabel was on Love Island and I, I want to talk to you obviously about that. Um, she's also an online social media influencer which I love because I like to call myself an influencer as well. Um, and, yeah, recently, um, mother to beautiful little Dakota, and that's just opened up your world. I can see that just by watching your socials, how much that's changed your Oh, my God, I've got goosebumps. How much Dakota has changed your life. Um, and I've met Dakota, and she's the most beautiful little cherub you've ever met and very well behaved compared to my crazy children. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah, we both agreed that that title didn't really... Um, describe what Isabel has to offer. So let's dig in a bit deeper and find out more. So how we'll do this, maybe we'll, how about we start at the, that that level, what the yes. I just spoke about, and then, but I'm, I'm keen, I said, we're going deep, like you're not getting out of this. We're going deep, deep, deep. We want to talk about topics that maybe aren't even talked about. That would be fun too. And I can Ooh, see your yeah. eyes light up because I know what you're, what we're going to discuss. <laughs> it's exciting because no, nothing is off the table in this podcast. So okay, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. But I suppose we better start with the most exciting, well, for me, the reality TV thing. Let's let's get that one off the table straight away so we can chat about okay. that. Um, yeah, so season two, Love Island. Um, how did that come about? And any experiences you want to share with the audience about that first? Yes. Okay, sure. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited. And I do agree. We've had a short relationship yet. Yeah, you're definitely one of those souls. You're my soul fam. You just connect. Um, you just, you have that initial just instant connection with someone. And then it feels like home talking about such deep topics, like mm. the second time you've ever caught up, which is amazing. I absolutely, I'm here for this. I'm here for this. Gemini, crazy air sign, loves communication. So this is my thing. Um, all right, so Love Island, that kind of came to be in a series of events where I didn't actually get selected for the show, but I ended up getting on the show. So 
I had, um, I was in a long-term relationship with my hairdresser. She was amazing. And um, she was doing my hair and she was a reality TV junkie. And she basically said to me, there's this new show that's coming to Australia. So this is for season one. Um, you should try out. And her hair salon was connected to this bar and we we're both obsessed with margaritas. So we're having margaritas. She's doing my hair. It's a vibe. I'm probably, you know, had a few too many margaritas and I just apply for the show. Completely forgot that we'd even done that because I'm just like, I love experiences, dive in, I've got to do it, just go for it. Don't really, you know, think too much ahead. So anyways, probably only a couple of days later, I got contacted by the producers and they were basically like, hey, we loved your um, application. Could you send us some more stuff? And then I did. And then they wanted to meet me. Um, and so I had the interview with the producers and all of this and literally, um, so you might know how like the intruders come into the villa, like yeah. later throughout. So it's such a fast paced show. And as the, the story is naturally evolving, depending on who they've got on their wait list may potentially come on. They literally call me and say, Hey, can you pack your bags now and get on a flight tomorrow as an intruder? And because I'm, so I'm watching the series on TV evolve whilst I'm getting the call and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, this is crazy. This has all just happened. Pack my bags, like just threw it all in. Anyways, the morning that I'm meant to be getting on the flight, they said, oh, sorry, the producers have changed their mind and they've changed the cast. And I was like, wait, hang on. So I quit my job. (laughs) to be told that I'm not going on the show. And I was like, what the heck? So goes crawling back to my job. I'm like, yeah, okay. So it didn't end up going on the show. Anyways, go back to my job. Totally forgot about it. That was season one. Completely put it into the back of my mind, got on with life. Year number two comes around. The producer, she calls me again. She's like, Isabel, are you still single? And I'm like, yeah, wait. Yes, I am. Thanks for rubbing it in. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, thanks for reminding me you girl's still single. Like, yes. Um, she's like, well, since you tried out last year, we're not going to put you through the whole process. We'll make it shorter um, and you can just come straight in. And I went into the city somewhere. I forget where it was, but there was lines up of girls and we we're all getting put into different rooms. Like there's a lot of us there. So same situation, me. I'm seeing my hairdresser year to the second interview round. She's like doing my hair. We're drinking margaritas. She's like, have a few margaritas and you'll be fine. So I find myself the second year round in line going in and I see the same producer that really wanted me on the show, but obviously stuff changed and I didn't get on the show. So um, got through to the final round again. And again, she's like, you're going to be an intruder. So you're not going to be the original cast. You're going to be an intruder. Um, Go through all the processes and then I get the call. Unfortunately, um, we've changed the plot. You're not not going to go on the show. Like, I'm so sorry. I know this has happened to you again, but it's just like the way things have happened. So in second year, I'm like, the hell I'm like universe what what is this sick joke I didn't even want to go on the show but then I followed the bread breadcrumbs and I thought I was going to go on the show and now I've been like I've gotten like the middle <laughs> finger up twice now um and so I'm doing my job and at this time I was um working with a family so I've always worked with kids that's always been my thing and I was working um with this family that had four kids um at home 
special needs and I would go to their home and just teach them different like learning skills and stuff like that. They were like my second little fam. Love the job. And probably about maybe four weeks after getting denied again for the second year in a row, the producer calls me again and I'm like, how dare she? Anyways, I answer and I'm like, hi. And she's like, so I'm not calling to say you're going on the show. And I'm like, okay. What? Why are you? I'm like, what? Why are you calling me? And she's like, we have this thing called the dry run where we fly out talent, um, basically just like fill-ins to go to the set in Fiji because this year it was being filmed in Fiji because Fiji is cheaper than Spain. They were cutting their budget. Oh, my God. I know. UK has a bigger budget. It's not as big here in Oz, let's be honest. But um, so she's like, basically, the set's set up. We just need you to stand in so we can test lighting, test the set. It's just a run through so we can adjust it all and get ready for the Islanders coming on in a week's time. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. So I don't get to go on Love Island, but I still get flown to Fiji. I get paid for the job and I get to go on the set before the Islanders actually come into the That's set. Cool. Maybe this is just my experience. Maybe this is what it was meant to be all this time. So I'm like, sure. So I, um, again, left my job because I was going to be gone for a period of time. And obviously in those circumstances, they need someone to fill in for the family. So they don't really want you being. And I understood that that was like the type of role. So I quit that job, got on the plane, went to Fiji, did the run through, which they call the dry run. Mm-hmm. and um, was in Fiji for maybe like a week or so. Most of the um, like cast that had come in to fill in. And so we did the full run through, like everything mic'd up, like the girls choosing the guys, like all the things. Most of them were from New Zealand because mm-hmm. at this time, so this was pre-pandemic, pre-COVID 2020, 2019, this was the end of 2019, they... Um, wanted to do a love island in new zealand but obviously with everything that's happened in the world it's squashed budgets right Mm -hmm. just the travel and stuff so i think all these new zealand people were technically being influenced uh interviewed sorry to be a potential cast for the new zealand love island that never ended up going ahead but randomly me the only australian tags along because the producer liked me she's just like i think it'll be fun for you we've built this bit of relationship and i'm like sure did it all. Um, actually met this New Zealand boy that me and him like literally almost fell in love on the fake oh, love island. On the fake love and island. That's the fake love island. Um, story for another day, but that never evolved. Anyways, because um, we both went back to our countries and whatnot. I get a call a couple of days later when I land back in Fiji and they just say, hey, the um, producers loved you we want you to go on the real show. A, a position has opened up. And I didn't even know like what, what I was going to be doing. So I was part of the bomb squad, you know, and they kind of did a cast or more, but I didn't like it because they gave the guys five new girls and put the girls in a side villa. They didn't give the girls five new guys. Oh, okay. okay. So they tortured the women, removed them, put them in a spare villa and then sent in us five new women. I remember this episode. I do remember this. Yes. It's all coming back to me. I know. I'm all like women power. I don't even know what I'm doing. I get flown to Fiji. Finally, I'm actually going on the real show. And I'm like, this is so random. I get to Fiji. I've got a person like this in the car. They say, give me your phone. And I'm messaging my mom. I'm like, adios. I'm going offline for who knows how long. It's the most crazy experience. Phone turns off. Boom. 
like I've got no contact with the real world and she like literally walks me everywhere like every time I want to go to the toilet or breakfast like I can't I can't even like I don't know I might like spill some goss but I wouldn't anyways I walk into this room in Fiji they're like called me I went to the room and there's the producer guy and he's just like hi welcome he's like all right just hang in here. I just want to let you know what role you're like, what role you're doing. And I'm like, am I entering by myself with another girl, with another guy? And then one by one, all these other women walk into the room and then there's five of us. And he's like, welcome. This is the bomb squad. And we're like, what? He's like, this is the bomb squad. You five are going to be intruders together. And we're going to remove the OG five women and see what happens. And I'm like, stop I'm like so hang on we're like fresh meat yes hungry boys that have been in a villa um and then the girls are gonna hate us I'm like did the I was thinking in my head did the girls get like more guys as well so it's like even Stevens nope no they're just tortured they're just tortured and they just have to know like wonder what their mans might be doing with all this like fresh meat coming in oh my goodness and that's how it um, all happened, basically. Wow, that's bloody amazing! I always wondered if they took their took your phone off you or how that worked. Like, yes, yes. yes. So, so phone gets taken off you. Um, they're controlling your socials. A lot of people ask me this question, so I'll just answer: it, is is it real? Is it scripted? A hundred percent. It actually is real. So with um, Love Island, we'll film an episode. So something to keep in mind is like, if filming sometimes filming would go to about three, four a.m. We'd have to do our like you'd be doing, you'd be so tired at like 4am, but you have to do your beach hut interview because there'll be the episode playing out and then little snippets of interviews kind of like edited in. So sometimes filming wouldn't finish till early hours of the morning and then they would artificially dim the light. So they would artificially make it night and day. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. Oh, wow. So we didn't have, I don't think we had clocks or anything, but like we might not be waking up until 10 or 11 but it felt like it was 7 a.m because the lights were just coming on then they'd be like good morning islanders or whatever yeah so um you would film that day it'd be edited that night and aired the next day because love island was on five days a week so obviously they would get a small break and um it's kind of like big brother so very live very live like what's happening so they don't give you lines they don't script things do they set you up yes yeah do they deplete yeah, and make you tired and emotional and play off people's egos and insecurities? Yes, that's reality TV. They, they want you to act out a little bit crazy. That's what it's about. Whereas like shows like The Bachelor and um, Maths and stuff, they film it all and they've got about three months to edit. Oh. So they can really edit you into a character and yes. really take what you've said out of context. So I think that show is a lot more scripted. Love Island is truly, it's just a piss take. It's just a bunch of young kids going on to a villa to have some fun. That's really yeah. all it is. Yeah. yeah. Did you find love? <laughs> no. I I did, no, didn't find love. Um, I thought that, sorry, boys, if you're listening to this, but I thought that the boys that they picked were just like kids. Yeah, like, I've seen some of them. And I'm thinking I wouldn't be interested in most of them anyway. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of the girls, they were like women and then there was just like a bunch of little boys running around with their heads cut off. I'm like, yeah, so no. But that being said, I actually love the way that it unfolded. So I technically ended up getting on the show without trying out, even though two years I had tried out. 
Yes, isn't that weird? But again, universe, it's how, how it's meant to be and it happened the way it was meant to be and you gave up control and bam, you're on Love Island without really even trying. Whereas yeah. people have probably been trying and trying and trying. So if you yeah. listen to this podcast and you don't know what Isabel uh, obviously physically looks like because you're listening, just let me tell you, she's absolutely stunning inside <laughs> and out. It's like just a beautiful, you're physically beautiful. Like I, look, I watch your stories and I'm like, oh, my God, like full fan. Yes. Even though we're friends, I still fangirl you. Like she just looks amazing and whatever she puts on, um, but like really beautiful on the inside because I've always said I wouldn't befriend someone or interview anyone or for that matter on my podcast that I didn't know had a deeper side because I'm yes. not up for superficiality. But gosh, you got the bonus of having it both. Like, yeah, a slightly- heard of the crazy, the crazy oh. hot scale. <laughs> Have you heard of that? No. So the crazy hot scale. They say. Um, the, the does does your hotness outweigh your crazy or does your crazy outweigh your hotness and then you got to put someone on the scale and be like you're really hot but you're more crazy or you're only a little bit crazy and you're really hot okay cool we can like oh it's my the crazy God. hot scale where you can like be like i have never crazy. heard of that no we're in the middle we're in the middle we're perfectly beautiful as we are and not crazy well yeah. we are until we get near well for me near my children then it goes crazy <laughs> So, but it was really beautiful to hear the sort of work you were doing before that, like you were doing um, support work with families. And that was, that was my first question was, because I don't know you that well, like what were you doing before you, this pr- pretty much I'm guessing catapulted you um, into an influencer role? Were you doing any influence? I'm guessing you were modeling or something before Love Island. So, I mean, I'd always dabbled, like done a little bit of modeling and some jobs here and there, but I'd never really gotten into modeling just because um, modeling is more like you're a coat hanger and you don't, you don't get any creativity. Yeah. I loved fashion and dressing up and all that fun stuff. But when you do it in an Instagram, like an influencer sense, you have full creativity to do your hair and makeup and, and, you're not so much just like a coat hanger. So I had done a little bit of modeling, but not too much. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it that much. And then, but yeah, I was mainly just working with kids. So I had worked in a primary school for years, um, managing the before and after school care. I was a swim coach. I worked with kids with special needs. Children was pretty much my thing. And so I was just doing Instagram on the side as a little hobby, but I wasn't getting many collaborations or many jobs or many brands reaching out to me. And I didn't really know how to go about it. I I got a little bit, but yeah, went on the show. And then when I got off the show, I just had my DMs flooded with um, brand collabs. And I got an agency, actually, um, shout out to Society H, uh, Amy, um, my very first agent that brought me on board and and started managing me. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even know this was a thing. This is cool. Wow. But that was right before COVID, I'm guessing. So did you have struggles with that? Like after you see you come back from Love Island, you get all these beautiful collabs and you like start, you catapulted into stardom, so to say. And then the pandemic, what happened then? Yeah. Okay. So it's actually a crazy story. So yeah, end of 2019, we get off. Um, um, Did we maybe get back like November? So I think November, December, January, Feb, Christmas, New Year's, summer, we were doing like appearances at places and every collab under the sun um and I was actually in Sydney visiting my sisters at the time and then the the bushfires hit yeah in January I think it was 
Um, That was absolutely devastating. And I feel for me personally, that's so the beginning of 2020, that's when this dense energy started to encapsulate the globe. And I know everyone in our own families, communities, countries and circles started to feel it come through. We didn't quite know. I didn't predict COVID or what was ahead, but there was this, I don't know, all I can say is this dense energy that I started to feel with that. And then it would have been um, March 2020 that um, COVID and the pandemic and the lockdowns and everything hit. So um, just to like piece it all together because everyone's like, oh, but you're a mom now. So I was seeing someone and I fell pregnant after being together for four months. Oh, wow. Four months. I didn't know I was pregnant. I had even done pregnancy tests and thought that I had taken all the precautions and whatnot and they'd come up negative. So I literally didn't know. And we were kind of seeing each other casually. It wasn't like it was a super serious thing. And it's just interesting because then the pandemic hit, we were locked down together. I had no work. I lost all my work, like brands, like the marketing budget is the first thing that goes. It's just like, sorry, no, 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 no. Everyone's because everyone's operating from fear and freak out. Yeah. Myself included. No one knew what was going on. So I lost all my financial security of what I had thought. And from this super high to this super low, it was such extremes going on. And then I found out I was pregnant and I was like, oh my God. It's like, um, okay. So, and also the truth of the matter is there was a lot of red flags with that relationship from the beginning, but because there was nowhere to go or nothing to do. It was just like, oh, well, let's just hang out then because there's nothing else to do. So it was one of those things that just happened because we were in close contact with each other, to be honest, but it's definitely not a relationship that I would usually go for. And because then we found out that I was pregnant, it was like, okay, let's do the right thing and make this work and stick it out and see what we can build and da 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 and all that kind of stuff. But it just went from bad to worse, like such a toxic, toxic environment. And I won't like go too much into the sensitive stuff of that. But um, yeah, it was it was obviously like a, a twin flame kind of karmic lesson to teach me a lot of um, things within myself where I was going for this like narcissistic toxic type of person and it was like if you don't stop this you're going to be trapped and controlled in this relationship that's just not serving you and when you're in these situations like especially if you've been like around narcissists it's just like your whole light is kind of like diminished and you really start to question your reality but because I was publicly online obviously I spoke out about nothing of this and no one knew that I was pregnant online. No one knows everything. Everyone thinks that you're like happy and it's all beautiful and that you're so lucky and everything must be perfect for you. And I think that's a big thing with social media is you're not, and I understand, but because you're not sharing those dark parts, mm. it can be very, I guess, mis- misleading to some people that are following along. So I'd probably say 2020, finding out that I was going to be pregnant, the relationship falling apart, me allowing myself to, to become a new mom, a first-time mom as a single mom, because obviously everyone's like, you can't do this on your own. And it's so interesting because you get really attacked and you get really attacked actually by women. Yeah. I can like, how dare you? Like, and I don't know if it's just because you're um, kind of shining a light or 
they're, they're, they're trying to project onto you their own fears because maybe they're stuck in a relationship that's abusive or domestic violence or controlling, narcissistic, et cetera. But because they have kids together, they don't know how to leave. So when you do leave, and I was six months pregnant when I left. So oh, that's courageous, man. That's full on. Well done. That's yeah. amazing. So, and you're hormonal and yes. you're gross and you're sick feeling you I stood from like the whole nine months I think just because I was so stressed so I was sick like nauseous for nine months it was horrible it was a it was a horrible pregnancy um so grateful for it because I love Dakota and you know my life has changed and evolved but um yeah basically I moved back in with my mom for about three months it must have been about three months back into her house and in that three months I was like right I need to like buy, you know, buy a new car and buy everything for my house and get myself an apartment and get everything for Bob. And I just went into like this hustle, like full warrior mode for like three, four months, moved into my new apartment and two weeks later gave birth. Oh, wow. So would she be really preemie? No? like No, 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 she wasn't. Um, But let me think, June, we broke up, was it June or July? And then it doesn't matter. So you didn't have long in your mum's house though? No, maybe more like four months. Yeah, no, something around that. But I just remember it going so quick. And no, I think, yeah, about four months. But then I was going to get, there was a couple of places that just weren't coming through for me, like where I wanted to move. And I know when I finally got approved this apartment, because think it was COVID, people, even real estates were unsure, like who could actually pay their rent because like, so many people just weren't paying rent because they didn't have an income. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I, I got this apartment and then two weeks later, first yeah, yeah, yeah. of the first, 21, so New Year's baby, um, I gave birth to Dakota. Wow. And yeah. how's your life changed since that time? Wow. Yeah, well, a lot because I think I was like, it was just such a whirlwind blur from like being on a show to a pandemic, yeah. a global pandemic to like, kind of being in a relationship to suddenly being a single mom, first time mom, living by myself and going into that whole motherhood journey. Um, And then still living within this pandemic and just trying to navigate that with my own personal choices of, you know, everyone was crazy in the medical world, birthing, you weren't sure if anyone would even be allowed in the birth room with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh my gosh. And if they were going to make you wear a mask with your brand new baby and all that kind of stuff, depending on what the rules were. So there was so much fear for, for new mums and birthing mothers around that time. And I think that's why home births really skyrocketed as well during that time, because you want to be in a dark hub with your loved ones supporting you. You don't want to be, well, for me personally, I'll speak for myself. You don't want to be like alone, isolated in this clinical setting, like getting the fear rammed down your throat kind of thing. So did you home birth, did you? So I wanted to home birth or water birth, um, but because I didn't have my apartment secured, I didn't have enough time or funds, mind you. It was about $6,000, $7,000 once you pay all the stuff. Um, But my mum home birthed me, actually. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I was already like super fan of home birth. I really wanted to do it, but just with the rush, the monetary, my situation, the worldly stuff that was going on, it just didn't come to be. So I laboured at home for as yeah. long as I could and then I went to my birthing suite at the hospital. Yeah. 
and yeah. then life changes for the better but still crazy i know because i've got children how how nuts it is but um, they really do give you a depth of character like it, it <laughs> deepens your experience that's my take on it that children deepen your experience is that your take on things yes they deepen your experience and i think also they make you look at all your all your wounds all your shit comes back up mm-hmm. like again like for another what they don't tell you is that when you birth your baby you also birth a new self yes. and i really went through that ego death that like shamanic death of the single woman to becoming a, a mom like the motherhood that whole journey it's it's such a crazy ride but I found like it brought up during my pregnancy all my insecurities and all my crap really sort of bubbled to the surface but since having Dakota she's like just shone a light and it's like hey you you know do you want to look at this or do you want to look at that and you just basically get to up level if you so choose and I would say it's the best and the hardest job being a parent completely agree completely agree and brings on so much healing which I can see that you have done a lot of it was so funny when Isabel and I first met we met at a conference where I was speaking and she was helping run the event and we started talking and I don't know I said you know I'm Michelle and I do like energy healings and that and the next thing that came out of her mouth was something like oh yeah my shaman and this and the cacao I'm like whoa hang on stop back up a bit like she was talking my language straight away and I was like oh and my little spidey senses went up and um yeah so we had that instant bond over that spiritual um depth or connection that you have so you've obviously done a little bit of shamanic practices and then I had um the cacao obviously and we did the cacao circle together which was beautiful um do you want to delve into a little bit of how you got into that like the um the spiritual side of things how how did that happen in your life yeah sure so I've I, I feel like I've always been very spiritual a bit of an old soul and sort of always just off traveling and doing my own little things here there and like looking into sound healing or color therapy or whatever it might be. Um, I was quite young and I was just in a bookstore and I actually heard someone come up behind me and whisper in my ear and they said like the secret. And I was like, what? what? I turned around. Yeah, the whisper in my ear. I turned around like thinking, oh, is the, is the book lady like whispering my ear? I turned around and there was no one there. And then I turned back to the bookshelf in front of me and directly in front of me was the book, The Secret. And it's like spirit or my guides in that moment just came through and spoke so clearly in my ear. Yeah. So I was probably about 21, 22. And I picked up the book, didn't know much about manifestation or, you know, thought creates your reality. And I think that book, it seems so simple now. And a lot of people do try and pay pay it out or whatever, but I think it was the perfect book and the perfect thing to really, it was, it played a huge role in the, the, the awakening of people just waking up to this deeper sense of like, my thoughts have impact. They can change, you know, water mass or my reality, you know, my emotions are literally creating my day. So I think that's where it all sort of began. And then one thing led to the other. And then I would connect with different like communities or spiritual circles that would like introduce me to something and then that would go to something else. And so I have an old friend, um, Tom, who's ex-military and he really got into a lot of things like um, a lot of the psychedelic world of that stuff. And people think, um disclosure I never did psychedelics as like I want to just like trip out and get real fucked up or anything like that 
personally, I was always very scared of letting myself go and being like, no way, I'll get caught in a trip for the rest of my life and I'll turn myself crazy. That's what I perceived as plant medicine when people would talk about ayahuasca and, you know, dying and snakes slithering over your body and like getting strangled and like you're in this log. And I was like, that is not for me. I, no, 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 thank you. Because I was a control freak. I wanted to control everything. It's my safety. Um of having a chaotic upbringing. So then as a woman, as a young girl, I'm like, okay, well, my way in this world is like control everything, you know, on time, time watch. If I'm a little bit late, I'd get an anxiety rush kind of thing. And so I started to notice these things about myself and I'm like, it just, if you're meant to do plant medicine, so ayahuasca, the grandmother, they call it. If you're meant to do ayahuasca, she will find you, they say, and she found me. So my mate said there's one spot left, um, you'll have to do a phone call with the shamans prior because they'll read your energy and just make sure you're ready and stuff. But if you want to do it, it's a three-day ceremony. You can come along. I won't like give their details or anything because obviously that's private, but if someone wants to do it, you're more than welcome to DM me. Um, and then I had the conversation and I was scared shitless. I was like, I can't believe, like I've watched all these documentaries. There's also Yep, yep. There's so much false misleading information on the internet, but you've got to really think, okay, but hang on, who's controlling the internet? Of course they don't want us finding our soul, our power. Of course they want to dilute us and, you know, calcify our pineal gland. They don't want us waking up to who we truly are. And this plant medicine, it's a vine and a bark, natural, Mm. natural costs nothing also oh are they making any money from that no so obviously we look at all that but I went along and I did it here in Australia as well so I didn't go to like Peru would love to do something like that but we'll do that one day oh yes like a 10-day ayahuasca ceremony I'm there there. yeah so good let's hold my hand because I'm really terrified yeah girl let's go together I can't wait so um got to the ceremony I can't even recognize that woman that showed up at the ceremony, but I was petrified, dude, like so scared just because I really was like, oh my God, am I going to get trapped in this fuck just trip and and never come out alive kind of thing. So um, you have to wear all white. It's very traditional. You can bring offerings, crystals, different things. They set it up in like the teepee. It's so beautiful. The altar, my gosh, two shamans. Um, one leading and one um, sort of like helping, like assisting, and they work together and they are spirit guides. And you just, through ceremony, you kind of, you see them in other forms, but um, ayahuasca kind of looks like dirty creek water and ceremony begins at nighttime. So you're sitting in your circle and they do the, the songs and they're calling, you know, calling everyone in and stuff like that. And I remember doing the ayahuasca and having like my first sip, just thinking, well, there's no story back like here we go went back and sat in my little like because you you can all sleep in there like you have all your little beds in there went back and sat in my little bed thing and it's dark and then I just felt this warm tiredness just come over me and I just went to sleep and I literally was kind of like I was lucid dreaming I was kind of awake in my dream but nothing much happened I just slept and I hadn't really slept and rested in a long long time so I think a spirit grand, the grandmother knew that she, like as it's the, the female the divine feminine she knew that I just needed rest so then you can also fast so we're fasting then this, then it comes daytime so during the day we do a cambo ceremony which is the amazonian frog poison yes so yeah one night 
and then a candle ceremony is during the day. So I've had this big sleep. We have some beautiful, like, just like light um, soups and stuff because they want to keep you really clean. But if you want to get clean, do some Amazonian frog poison. It's not actually uh, poison, but um, it's just called that because it's like a fire tonic where you take it. Um, so what they do is they get something that kind of looks like an incense stick and they burn like your ankle or your shoulder, depending if you're male or female, depending on if you've done it before. And then they'll get the little, like, they're like kind of like little drops, but it's like sort of like glue kind of looks like a drop of glue and they put it onto the burn of the open skin. And so then it can flush straight through the body. And you drink all this water beforehand because it's so hot. If you don't scull all this water, it will burn your lungs and esophagus. Oh, my goodness. And also, you're most likely going to purge, vomit, if not the other end as well. Yes, yes. Um, and so you do it. And I just remember the heat um, just, like, travelling, travelling up, like steam coming out my ears practically. And then it dropped and then I just went pale and then I just started purging. Mm. but um I was kind of like squirming and the purge wasn't quite coming and the shamans are watching you and he's like you need more and I'm like what so he puts on more onto my ankle like where I was burnt because it wasn't quite enough to like get me going because they're monitoring it they know purge 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 um I didn't do it the other end I just vomited and then again just felt like so cleansed and light like this huge weight had come off me and I went back to sleep again had this big long day nap and you're just kind of like in your own world and then I wake up and I think I might have had some more light soup so by this point I'm so cleansed I'm fasted I've got no caffeine I've purged from Cambo I've done day one grandmother so we're in grandmother night number two wow and so this second night, he's just like, because um, I had a lot of chatter, a lot of overthinking, like this voice going, yeah, da, 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 da. I'm like, can you just be quiet and let me focus? But my ego couldn't stand um, letting go. Yeah. I had never truly let go, probably ever in my life before, to be honest. Um, and so this next night we're doing it and just instantly I felt like this vine like wrap around my spine and like light up all my chakras. And it's like I could just see the entire cosmos and it was so interesting it was like as I had all the answers um all these questions I had all the answers so what it was saying to me is any question you have you only have that question because you have the answer so you can't have one without the other so it all came as like an instant download like question answer but not in a conversation at once it's like here's your question but here's your answer like it was like this whole togetherness thing and then I was just zoomed out into another world and like I saw different like spirits come into the room and and at one point I was in a ballet theater and this is beautiful orchestra playing but like so much it was like I was fading and going through so many seasons and you would go up and get multiple bowls of like the ayahuasca like when it was your turn to be called um but I remember it getting so intense at one point and it's hard to even explain but it felt basically like someone had got their hand and put it into my head and was pulling my soul out of my body like and my soul was like no like I don't want to and it was just like I try to open um my eyes but because you're so deep in the DMT is so strong we think this physical 3D world is like 
tangible and touchable but like this is nothing and this is just a projection like an illusion almost yes. beyond that but yeah. if we were all seeing beyond 24 7 we, we wouldn't even I wouldn't even be out of focus because I kind of tried to open and look at one of the shamans mm. and he looked like a um, kind of a jack-in-a-box but not kind of jack-in-a-box cross like a genie like he I could see him in one of his lives as one of his spirits oh my goodness yeah and he came around and he gave me this thing called harpe which is like harpe or rape which is like the um ancient traditional um tobacco and they have the big wooden stick and they blow it up your nose and when he did that my I have never felt this sense of like stillness ever before in my life my my mind has been black like imagine but you can't imagine this because even imagining this means you're thinking and sending images. It was a moment of nothingness, stillness, blackness, like nothing was there, no thought, no mm-hmm. sound. It was like this sense of peace and contentment mm-hmm. and stillness like I had never like experienced in my life before. And then I purged heaps as I, like at one point, I felt like I was going to die. Wow. Because I left the 3D physical yes. realm and yeah. went to another realm. And I think in my life that's, it, it has shown me that's what death is. Yeah. That's what it's like when it's your time to go, right? So I met that and then I purged and then I came back, obviously, because, you know, it wasn't actually my time to go and it um, was just in a plant medicine ceremony. And through this whole experience, I learned like the art of letting go. And I remember when I sort of like, came back to this physical reality I was like hugging myself and I was really connected to my body and it was a a sense of realizing the little girl and what she had been through in the teenager and the young woman and thinking wow like this body this beautiful person and it was really a huge huge journey of self-love and just realizing that we're so hard on ourselves Mm. and then also empowerment because I was like death is nothing and this is only the beginning and when you die is actually when you truly become alive so like why are we holding back um and there's so much more in so many layers but it's so hard to even put into language yeah because it is another reality that you're describing yes I interviewed another lady on the podcast about it and she's speaking exactly like you are you'll have to listen to it because there's similarities she's like it was like I was one with the universe I was one with the cosmos Yes, yes, yeah. because you're no longer attached to your physical body. Like this is just a physical body, like your avatar that you've chosen to incarnate into, you know, gather experiences, learnings, lessons, maybe some karma that you've got to clear. Yeah. But then my shaman said to me at the end, he goes, now don't go and start quitting your jobs and going and moving to the Amazonian jungle to live because you're so free. You're like, nothing matters. I'm not, I'm not attached to like my things, my friends, my family, my partner, my marriage, it's all fake. Like you're like, oh my God, it's all a human construct. So you have this like liberation, but he's like the true work starts when you integrate ceremony into life. And I struggled actually the integration period of coming back and living life for that year following ceremony. I would say for me, actually it was like dark night of the soul where Every morning I would get up so early and walk, but I wanted to walk when it was still dark. Like I didn't want to, I wanted, I, and I would just cry and cry and cry. But it was because finally I'd opened my heart and different passages to allow all of that like pain and hurt and healing to like come out of me so that I could like ditch, ditch all of that that was just lodged in my body. 
And I think um, for a lot of us, we have so much traumas just lodged in our bodies yes. that we never look at that then can turn into sickness and illness, but just this heavy weight. And if you're wanting like um, plant medicine can be so amazing for different mental health issues, different health issues, trauma loss to just, it's going to be like the catalyst to like, to basically catapult you forward into that next level of life and healing that you probably can't even really fathom because you're so trapped in this like density. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand, but you've explained it so well, like probably the best I've ever heard it explained. That was an oh, wow. it was amazing. And and I, I can feel that's why we were drawn together because cacao yeah. itself is plant medicine. It's yes. a it's a form of plant, it's a plant and you're drinking it. It's not quite as obviously full on as ayahuasca or the cambo or anything like that. So I feel anyone that's on a healing journey again will be drawn to cacao and maybe not know why and then probably i would guess what's happening here and it's is that you're led to the right type of people who then put you on the path of your spiritual you know evolution and then you might move on to different other plant medicines or different healing modalities there's so many modalities out there like that that thing you explained about the where you felt like you died and you're in a just peace i've had that i had that in a second in a breathwork session i wasn't even here i was like floating and i was just a nothing yes it was, it was so good and that makes me realize that this um the earthly planes that we're in now is such and i always say 3d and people are like what are you talking about i'm like 3d as in just like you think my glass is solid you know it's such like a dense kind of heavy energy that's vibrating quite close together but as you move up the planes 45d and so on which we've all been in our past lives anyways 11d 12d you know i've had past life regressions where i've been connected to pleiadians and arcturians and venus and different energies and stuff like that and, and you feel that but um it just plant medicine we're given this gift of nature it's not a coincidence. Why does it bind with the human body so like like this like synergistic bond that allows you to open your third eye, decalcify your pineal gland, connect to source? And why are we all speaking about the same thing? Like clearly we're not crazy. Exactly. That is exactly right. And why does it make us feel so good? Like why am I craving essential oils? Why am I craving cacao? Why am I craving lying on the earth or being at the beach it's because that's what we need for our soul like it fills our soul and why are we craving these deep conversations like what you and i are having this is what people are craving because they're all not all but a lot of people are still out there on autopilot in this 3d world and i'd love for you because you're apparently really good at explaining things would you be able to explain how you perceive the different realities like you talk about 3d 5d and all that someone's listening and hasn't had that Heard, heard that terminology before do you want to explain how you look at it like the dimensions yes. i think i mean i would say go watch the matrix because um, still watch the matrix oh yeah, so watch the matrix yeah okay all right so watch the movie the matrix and if you have you'll know what i mean but essentially it's like you're plugged into the computer and you're operating on autopilot almost like a zombie like you're standing up I call them sleepers this is my yeah. thing because you look around and you see people doing things but so mindless the light is gone from their eyes and oh my god even I awake, yeah they're asleep I on the train onto work one day I was dry I was on the train going into my nine to five yeah you know, on my job and I looked and they're all great and I was, I was like it scared me 
because they were like zombies that had been unplugged or something. There was no light. They were just, I felt I was in another reality. And this went on for about 10 minutes where I was watching and thinking, holy mm-hmm. shit, what is going on here? Sorry, I cut you off, but I just had to tell no, you. I've seen so it. You peered, yeah, you peered through the veil. I've, I've seen things like that where I've been walking, something so simple, I've been walking through a grocery store. Actually, a lot of this stuff happened to me after the plant medicine ceremony because you're in this heightened awareness yes. where I would go into my meditation for like an hour and I would feel the same spirit come in me and like start turning my head and my breathing would change. Mm-hmm. And that's when I knew that I could start channeling, like writing down, like, and I would start getting messages. You know that feeling you know, when you're breathing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and maybe arm move or a voice yep. says pick up, pick up your pen it's time to oh write. Up, up comes the pen and you know stuff things just start happening hey it's so cool I love it yeah you're channeling and stuff so that's <laughs> the exciting part but the downside is when you're operating on a high frequency you can suddenly as I call it the veils being lifted mm-hmm. people look gray and dead mm-hmm. the energy is heavy um, jaws are even clenched. Yes. Um, kids look like these wiry little raccoons, like that's overstimulated. And I'm like, I'm seeing like what technology and pharmaceutical companies and big pharma and the media are doing. And we're seeing it physically play out. So you're seeing these people physically drain of their energy and their life source because others, they, let's just call them they, they feed off our energy. Yeah. when we're not aware because you can get entities and stuff attached to you that are draining you mm-hmm. and unless you're so protective and you're really you know putting that protective bubble around you and raising your aura and you're aware awareness is key as soon as you become aware that I can control my energy and I can up level and open my heart and all of this then these darker creatures or whatever they are energies which can actually be like um, attached to you or attached to people around you. And you've just got to be really careful, but you can usually feel it. Um, So I think circling back to your question about reality is the 3D world, which is earth guys, it's earth. Mm -hmm. It means like it's very dense and the way we communicate with the universe is through action, through things. So like having an expensive car or or a million dollar mansion, none of that is bad. It's all just, what do you want? Because this is a projection of our mind. So if we're not aware of what's going on in our mind and there's a lot of shitty stuff happening to us with relationships, finances, health, it's because we're letting the media plant its seed of doubt and fear. It's essentially fear and that's growing. And because that seed of fear is growing emotionally within our bodies, our physical reality, the projection of our mind is dense and heavy. So when I talk about alternate realities, which you can access in meditation, there's this thing called um, the quantum twin and you go into your meditation and you can do um, breath work. You would actually love this. You can do breath work. And um, I think it's called the bagar and you get your tongue and you touch it to the roof of your mouth and it calls your um, soul to attention. Oh, yes. And it calls your soul to attention. And then you, it's called the plat, which is like the energy cord that's linked to us and the multiverse of oh, option. Wow. Yep. And you can go in and you can find your quantum twin living. So Michelle's quantum twin living her best life. You can find her. You can merge with her. You can ask her for advice and download all of her knowledge and experiences and then come back and oh. take that so it's like you've um, transurfed to future reality. Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes. 
to like another dimension. So uh, another dimension is a dimension of higher frequency. I saw this psychic once and he explained it like this. So you have a wheel mm-hmm. and you can see all the spokes, right? All the little posts from the middle. But if you spin the wheel, you can see the wheel turning, but all the spokes vanish and disappear. Yes. It's yes. still there, but because it's spinning faster, you can't perceive it with your natural eye. That's why we can't perceive 45D unless we're in a plant medicine ceremony or we're very connected to source and can really tune in and like channel. Yes. So it's basically just higher frequency dimensions that we're all ascending to, but at different rates, depending on our soul contracts. And that's a whole bunch of, that's another whole topic as well. Oh my God. I love this. I could sit here all day and talk to you about this stuff. I'm like, I like my mouth's like on the ground, like, oh, tell me, like, because I don't, nobody knows everything. I love the fact that we don't know everything. And I love that we can have this conversation and I don't, I don't portray that I know everything. I'm learning, you're learning. And then we are drawn together. Like you and I obviously even had a karmic contract to come together to like help. I've got full goosebumps. Oh my God. I think I'm going to cry. This is exciting. Like to heal, like we've come together and now we together can influence and show people there's another way. Like it's amazing. And so your knowledge and my knowledge and then then, then the ripple effect after that, because that's my purpose in life is to raise the vibration of the planet so people can wake up. And yours would probably be the same, I guess, if you, well, you probably know that. Yes, that's, that's, and I think actually that's everyone's purpose. It is. When we really really, um, like look at things, but it's just some people, it's, but we're all expressing it in our own way. And some people are connected to it and some people aren't in this lifetime. Um, And that's your karma. I, I, karma, it sounds like very woo, but like karma doesn't miss anyone. If you have good intentions, whether in this lifetime or the next, you know, you're always going to be rewarded and live a nice fulfilling life. If you have bad intentions towards yourself or anyone else, well, if you have bad intentions towards anyone, it's always going to come back to you and mm. shitty stuff is going to happen. <laughs> so I don't worry about revenge. I don't worry about being mean to people. I live my life and anyone that's tried to wrong me, I just watch it. I watch the undoing of them happen around me. It's crazy. Yeah. It's good to watch. Like I was even that time we went out. So just for anyone listening, um, Isabel and my sister and I went out to Marburg to the Solnook just for a beautiful day with we had all all the kids it was chaotic but we were dressed up because we had a photo shoot and we walked into the local pub there to get some lunch and this is an upcountry pub where we looked rather overdressed as I said Michelle was looking hot oh I was looking hot that day and so every you were looking what you were running but I was looking particularly hot myself and we had an air of like we're awake we've got energy when we walk into a room people you'd usually stare if you're you're on and there's three of us and obviously all the kids and when we first got served, Isabel being so attractive and looking like a model, I, I feel people just instantly judged her. We, yeah. The lady was really rude. And I could tell she was being rude because she felt threatened, I'm guessing, and, and fearful. And I watched Isabel and I was like, how is she going to deal with this? And you were so beautiful about it and so, like, modest and went, okay, that's fine. We'll just sit here. And the way she spoke to you, any other normal person would have just, I probably wouldn't have because I'm very easygoing, but... And yeah. you just handled it so well because, and I said to you that day, like, do you cop a lot of that because you are physically attractive? And you said, obviously, that then that you do. But it's how you yeah. decide to deal with that because there's a lot of attractive people in this world. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. So, yes, I get it a lot. Um, and I get it a lot online because now people can hide behind screens and give it yes. to you. 
So, um, but I've actually realized that's a part of my job. That's a part of my contract. And why do I say that? Well, it's my job to trigger in you what you need to work on. And you'll either be like, oh, okay, I need to look at this and it will stay planting the seed of work or you'll keep getting triggered by other people. Hmm. Um, So with that woman particularly, as like the energy exchange happened, she was uptight and clenched and tense. And I always feel it. I can see it. She was stressed. She was busy as well. So give the girl, the lady a juke. Like she wasn't being completely rude. She was under the pump and we just turned up with 50 million kids and wanting lunch. So yeah, very, you know, connected to her physical world, thinking this is everything. When you disconnect and know that this is nothing, life, I always, I say to people, you got to release the struggle. And I'm like, they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, you're worried about um, maybe not having the perfect speech for your work thing or whatever it might be. I'm like, just release the struggle and understand that nothing matters. Although it's very important you do all these things that don't matter because that's your journey on earth. And it's kind of like a little bit contradictory, but that's yin and yang. It's like you can't have one without the other. So knowing that nothing matters, but it's still important that you do it. Yes. Releases the struggle. And through my experience of people being triggered, I realized at first I used to get really offended because I um, had a lot more work to do and I've still got so much work to do. But now I'm at a point like where someone's triggered by me, I, I know that it's giving them the opportunity to become aware of their shadow because yeah, people are sure. like, oh, shadow work, shadow work. But I'm like, but that's how you raise consciousness, the shadow work, like looking yeah. at the shadow. Hundred percent, and and I must admit, when you reacted that way with that lady, she completely changed. And yes. At the end, she was like, "What else can I get you? Do you need some more water? Can I grab you some more seats?" She was doing everything and going above and beyond. Yeah, she blossomed, and someone gave her this. Um, I guess the the message here is unconditional love because we didn't know where she was coming from or whatever was going on. And because someone, especially women, because we let's talk about the sister wound and the mother wound and the witch wound women were being nice to this other woman instantly we might have karmically ended a cycle of her showing that you know women mm. can actually be kind regardless and we held that space and then she blossomed she was our bestie by the end yes she was lovely yeah it was great I loved it was a great experience that day to watch all that unfold and how it happened um, and I want to keep talking but I just there's so many things I might have to do another one with you <laughs> yes we can do a part two <laughs> do a part two because just there's so much I want to talk to you about but with the physical um, and, you know, you being attractive, do you have any or have, I'm guessing up to this point, you have had any self-confidence um, issues? Like I know you're really pretty, but have you had self-doubt and self-worth issues in the past or now even? Yeah, so, um, well, the short answer, yes to both. Definitely. So I grew up in a pretty, like, abusive childhood. My father was very abusive. So I didn't come. Um, it's interesting, again, the social media thing, people probably perceive me as, like, um, someone who's had it handed to me. And that's why I'm kind and confident, etc. But it's been a full journey of me reparenting myself and reparenting that little girl that really was mistreated. So I perceive myself as not pretty as ugly like I really beat myself down my childhood and my teen years I was shy I was insecure I didn't actually gain confidence until probably around 18 and I know sorry more like 16 ish 17 because I started going out clubbing underage actually using my sister's ID 
because I couldn't connect with girls my age. I was like an old soul. I wanted to hang out with like the, you know, people 10 years older than me. So I got an ID so I could. And when I was hanging out with all these older people, I noticed like people were noticing me and guys were noticing me. And that's, I guess, kind of got me into a bit of a mischief and into a bit of partying cycle. But that was the beginning of me realizing my own like beauty, I guess. Um, And then it kind of spun to the other spectrum where I was like, oh, okay, I'm an attractive woman. Other girls were getting jealous and annoyed at me. So girls will like you when you're playing small and you hate yourself and you're timid. Girls will like you because it makes them feel superior. When suddenly you realize you are, and because also disclaimer, every woman is beautiful, right? All of you are beautiful, but only other women are they're not threatened until they know. Like you said, a woman works into the room and she knows she's beautiful, she's holding her head high, she's confident. Suddenly women are threatened hmm. by that because of their own programming, because they haven't worked through all that deconditioning. Whereas we were saying, like, it's our job as women to come together and to lift each other up no matter what you look like, because this breaks so many cycles of, if you think back years ago, if you're an intuitive woman, you were a witch burned at the stake. And so here's the thing. If you lived in a little town and you knew where some witches lived, you would um, basically, you would dob and say, hey, I'm down the road, there's three witches that live there. And that would save you, your kids and your family. So women were trained from centuries ago to dob each other in because they had to survive so they wouldn't get literally burned at the stake so now it's trailed down women going behind each other's back and not like not this sacred sister community so now I've been burnt at the stake on social media articles women friends in situations because of this wound that's traveled through our DNA and so now it's up to us to like like it stops here like the cycles of this thing stops here and that's why your guys you know connect with cacao and everything that you girls are doing that's why I so support it because I'm like this is what we need as women hey so what we need it is definitely what we need sometimes I think um someone like me has an easier run because I don't have that I mean I'm physically attractive but I don't look like a model so I'm not threatening to people because I have a sort of a softer version of it like yes you know you've got the beautiful chiseled jaw and the stunning (laughs) angles whereas I've got the little soft tubby which I'm I'm loving and I love myself and I know I'm attractive and I feel attractive from within but I don't look like a model so to say so people don't feel threatened by me and I think people like you probably have way harder run because you have to prove yourself yes yeah yeah the the feeling threatened and I think that's why it's um again why I love having conversations like this is because so much of this side of me doesn't get expressed on social media and I know from a glance if I looked at my profile I'd be like oh you know young mum thinks she's so hot like I'm you know and I'm and I'm spiking people's insecurities in them and then it's making them dislike me but they don't actually even dislike me they just have forgotten to love themselves that's really it wow that's that's profound. Wow. Yeah. I was, you've said so many different things that I'm like, aha, aha, I should have been noting them down. And I feel like we could use snippets of everything you've said through this for the next year on yeah. yours and my socials to get this message out there. Like you've said yeah. things so eloquently that I'm already in my head, I'm listening to you, but I'm like, oh my God, I've got to get my, my VAs to capture this, 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 and this, because you've just oh, said it so well. And then be able to just sporadically like, get this content out to people because it's this is content and this is what people need to hear 
out of so everything. So when's, when's your next sister circle? Because I'm so not yes. yes, Isabel's going to be to the next one. So the next one's on the 8th of July. So, But we do run them um, regularly, like every single month. So if you're listening to this in the future, we have them basically around the first Friday of the month where we basically sit around and share. And exactly how we're talking now is how we talk in circle. And, and we have cacao. <laughs> and we have cacao, which is my favourite bit. So uh, which is is a plant medicine, but a very gentle one. It just opens up your heart chakra. Yeah. No psychedelic trips or deaths of the ego, guys. <laughs> no purging, no shadows. Well, sometimes some shadow stuff. But, yeah, mostly it's love and connection and sharing. So It's just the divine mother giving you a big hug in like a warm chocolate yes. cup, really, yes. hey? Oh, I love it. Have you got a cup? you got to get one of our cups too. Have you seen the new yes. ones we've got out? Oh, so beautiful. Yes, I definitely need to get one. I love, I love all your like you because you channeled um, that design. Hey, yes, it came out of nowhere. It's the craziest story. Sacred geometry. Have you looked it yeah. up? No, I no. Everyone keeps asking me, and I'm like, and then I'm thinking. I saw it the other day on someone's. I saw I was you know when you're watching on the scroll, and something flicked up on my story, and I saw my symbol on someone's. That I don't know. I was like, <gasps> holy shit! I firstly thought someone's taken my design. Shit! I need to copyright that. That was my first. That was my ego. Second was, holy shit, I have copyrighted somebody else's. That's what scares me the most. It came out of my head, but there's nothing to say that's not design's not out there somewhere. And it scared me because I thought someone's going to contact me and tell me that I've copied their design. And then I looked at it and I was in this crazy ego thing. I looked at it. I was like, oh, my God. Then I realised it was actually my design and it was one of our marketing ladies that does our website marketing for herself, but my symbol happened to be on thing and I was like oh shit so I breathed a sigh of relief but it made me realize how powerful that symbol was it's called the ascension symbol for the reason that we talked about before because we're here bringing people into ascension and uh it pops up everywhere it's on our cacao it's on all our merchandise it's on our beautiful jewelry range and yeah yeah. I think it's sacred geometry and I reckon it would have a resonance like I reckon if I, I don't know how but you know how sacred geometry has a certain like 432 hertz or 528 hertz like I reckon it would have a a symbol and potentially that like a sound oh yes we need to find this out okay yeah, it's a sound to what you've channeled okay. and it's probably you you you've probably in your light language that's probably what comes through in your healings as well yes because the, the healings all started out as literally sound I can't sing to save my life I'm so tone deaf but when I started channeling it started coming out just as a chanting and then a humming and then a really high pitched bloody it was in tune. I had a lady that was a singer. It was an angelic voice. And I had a lady that was on my table that I forgot. She was an actual singer. And then at the end, she goes, oh, my God, Michelle, you were like in tune. And I was like, oh, my God, was it terrible? She said, no, you are like spot on in tune the whole time. And I can't sing. And it's angelic. So it's coming through me at a frequency that I say to people when they come in, sometimes I'm getting really quite good at channeling messages now, like actual English something mm. sense, but a lot of it started just as it was coming in at a frequency so they were getting it and I was saying to them you may not get messages but you're getting it at a frequency level so you just yeah. be open so yeah, yeah. that would be a spot on it yeah was, I think that's why they call it light language because it it, light. it's like a frequency isn't it that's yep. connected to higher realms yeah 4d 5d 6d like we were talking before about different dimensions yes and it just coming through and your soul understands it. I always say your soul understands what's coming through. I can't tell you exactly what I'm saying and you can't understand it at a human 3D level. Your soul and the frequency understands it. 
So that's pretty cool. Yeah, the symphony of your soul. It's so yeah. magical. So hey? yeah, definitely have to come for a healing and experience that. So that'll be amazing. Right. Now I've got three quick questions for you before we leave and we've discussed most of it. So you're probably better answer them quite easily. And yes. um, so the first one is what is a soul in, in Isabel's explanation? What, do you, what is a soul? Okay, a soul is um, your higher self, for a better word, that is not something that's like tangible like your 3d body it's your spirit essence energy that comes through from higher planes and i also believe your soul is with you for all your past and future lives your lives that you've li lived on other planets like if you can get a past life regression it's that same soul it's like your contract with i guess you and the universe you and god you mm -hmm. and source but it's all the same thing really it is and what happens after you die so after you die, um, die as in the body, the flesh, the meat suit no longer works, you then ascend, your soul ascends because there's even like even on a science, scientific level is um, energy is never lost, it's only transferred. So your soul is energy. So it's not lost, it's transferred either to another dimension, to another life, to another plane. It really depends. Um, you can read a book called Soul Contracts. And it talks a lot about the contract of your soul. Akashic Records is kind of like the library of souls. And you would be tapping into the Akashic Records, I would mm. think, in your sessions. Um, so I can't really say for sure, and I can't really ever know for sure. But from my knowledge, um, I think it really depends on yeah, your karma, what lessons you still need to learn, what lives, whether you're going to another higher dimension, whether you're going to have to reincarnate here on earth, maybe you're reincarnating as an animal. I don't know. Again, it really de depends on your contract and what piece they need to like live out next. Mm. Yes. And you're definitely an old soul. As you said, you identified that pretty early on in your life. Yes. You've been around a yeah. few times. Well, I think I have too. So if you listen yeah. to my first podcast on this series, I talk about that at six, I realized that I wanted to be perfect and I was you know doing a little people pleaser child I was like I'll do everything perfect and I think all of about six I realized oh I can't be perfect because then I'd be an angel oh hang on no I want to be here in human form I was like who thinks of this shit at six but that yes. makes sense you've been around for a while uh, and the last question is what do you know for sure what do I know for sure um I know for sure that everything is as it should be and the saying, this too shall pass, really kept me going personally um, with all this pandemic stuff because we all got so attached mm -hmm. and we got so plugged into the matrix. But through realising this journey, the exponential growth and changes and resets that people have had globally, it just shows that everything is as it should be. So we just really need to remind ourselves that it's all by divine design nothing is by chance you're exactly where you need to be to go exactly where you need to go and then just release the struggle release the struggle I love yeah. that thank you so much now before we go if people want to follow you how do they um yeah follow you on social media like what are they looking for oh yeah sure if you guys would like to follow me you can follow me at Isabel Grace spell I-S-A-B-E-L-L-E-G-R-A-C-E. -E -E. Um, so that's just my Instagram. I am in the process of actually studying life coaching and looking into human design. So I'm really excited to do more one-on-one -on -one coaching with women and potentially, gosh, we might do some collaborations yeah. coming fun. in the future. 
So um, yeah, DM me, ask me anything, connect, come along to the women's circles and yeah. Yes. Meet us in person and come and drink cacao with us. We would love it. Yes. yes. Come meet us in person. So Michelle and I are lucky enough to only live like what, 15, 20 minutes yeah. away? Close. Yeah. Which Beautiful. is great. And so we, yeah, catch up once a month and just try to not try because we just do. We're just bringing as many women. I mean, it, it women, I always say women's circles because we just keep attracting women, but I don't want to limit it to just women. So yes. if you're a man and you're interested in this type of work, then come along to one of our circles as well. We yeah. open up to the divine masculine as well. So divine masculine, divine feminine, come and drink cacao with us. We would love to have you there. <laughs> you buy some cacao and make it a ritual. Like I've literally had some this morning and because I knew we're having this conversation. So I'm like, I just feel like this has been a beautiful energy exchange. And this is the great thing about technology is we're still having the same exact energy exchange as we would have if you were sitting next to me in this room. Exactly. And even better, it's all recorded. So all those beautiful gold nuggets going to get out to so many different people. So yeah, Isabel will share this with her audience. I'll share that with mine and ripple effect, pass it on. This is the information people need to hear. They need to know about ascending and 3d and plant medicine and oh people everyone needs to know about it even people that you think would not be into this that may still be in that 3d and not just unaware stage they need it because they're still a soul and that's why i love the cacao circles because it's just a really gentle nudge into this work it's not scary it's just come along and drink some hot chocolate and your soul knows when you turn up oh yeah yeah, this is my tribe I know this is where I'm meant to be so people always come back so we've had to get bigger premises now because they can't fit in my garage anymore so it's going to go massive big global all right oh. thank you so much and um, we might chat with Isabel another time so let me know if you want to hear from her again or if you've got any questions um, send them to me DM or Isabel and yeah we'll get them answered so thank you for being thank here you. thank you If you have enjoyed this podcast and want to know more, I personally invite you to dip your toes into our business. My sister and I have created an amazing bundle that allows you to taste test what we both have to offer. Get in close proximity, feel the magic for yourself and see what our extended family tribe love about those two sisters. To get all the taste tester deets, head over to www.thosetwosisters.com forward slash taste tester. See you there.